Sabrina, don't panic. Santa's had a little accident. No, it's okay. Um, I'm gonna fill in for him. No, I promise it'll be fine. Must be Santa. Ladies, gentlemen, Bob Vila, welcome to episode number 36 of Sabrina's Witch Trials. This is the show where each episode we venture back into the mid-1990s to rewatch, review, and reminisce all about everyone's favorite Friday Night Spellfest, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I'm Alex Aduju, and folks, it is truly the most wonderful time of the year, because on this episode of The Witch Trials, we're going up on the rooftop, click, click, click. To talk about Sabrina's stint as uh, good old St. Nick, we're talking Sabrina Claus. And um, to cover this episode uh, in all its mediocre glory, I've uh, brought along Sabrina's Witch Trial's very own Papa Noel. Phil Aduju is here. Phil, how you doing? Good, Al. How are you? I'm doing just great. Uh, getting into the holiday season. Now, not only doing this episode, but of course, we're in that time of the year. And... Um, Rumor has it, one of my elves tells me that you are a massive fan of Christmas. Um, I am a massive fan of Christmas. Yes. Uh, you got you, you have very specific feelings on trees. <laughs> uh, yes, I have. There's you know there's certain I have to have a certain level of tree. Mm-hmm. Um, get that Walmart shit out of here. I'm a humongous uh, fan of the Hallmark Christmas series. That is true. Uh, um, to the point where I watch it religiously. Good God. If, if, if ever we had an expert on for anything, it's you and covering a, a Christmas episode of something with Melissa Joan Hart in it. Uh, or or Beth Broderick. She's that, been in a couple. That's true. Um, trying to think uh, who else. Uh, uh, I think those are the only two that come to mind. The other one I would guess that might have slipped in there somewhere would be the one who plays uh, Valerie, Lindsay Sloan. Uh, I don't think she's been in any. Yeah. But you uh, know what? I will I will look. How about that? <laughs> He'll check his uh, wall and look for the posters. Yes. I, um, I will look through my poster wall here. Um, but yeah, it is truly the um, real fun time of the year. Not only just all the movies you get to watch, but all the Christmas stuff you get to do. I was... I was out walking around town the other day, and like every four blocks, I must have passed another like Christmas tree stand. And like this was in Manhattan, and I was just horrified by all of these trees because I couldn't imagine any New Yorker actually buying a real Christmas tree for their apartment. Like that's enough hassle as it is if you have like a regular house, but having to take it up like six flight of six flights of steps. Then and clean up after it every like two days, and then have to dispose of it down six flights of steps is just insane. I mean, the irony is, you know, I'm I do love Christmas, and mm-hmm. I have a fake Christmas tree. Oh, they're just I, easier. I can't, deal, I can't deal with that. I can't deal with that bullshit. They're easier, and they look better. They look more uniform. Yeah, absolutely. Like I have, I have a real wreath on my door most years, but like. That's a pain in the ass in itself. Like, I have to sweep the front door every day, so, like, I don't want to have to sweep a corner of my house. And then again, with a cat in the house, it's exponentially worse. <laughs> chim chimity, chim chimity. Welcome to Al Bitches About Real Christmas Trees. Sweeping. <laughs> and sweeping. God damn it. 
Get a Hoover, Al. And the cat. And the cat. Just Al bitches about most things. It's really what the show is. Uh, hey, we got a new segment in it, ladies and gentlemen. It's Al bitches. <laughs> We've got a new segment. It goes for an hour and a half, and there is no other segment. <laughs> Uh, if, you, if this is your first time listening, uh, Al bitches a lot. <laughs> yeah, go figure. And and also, this is what my voice sounds like. I'm sorry. Uh, it's not going to get any better from from here on out. I mean, you know, it can't be sexy like mine. No, it, it can't be uh, <laughs> fucking, fucking Walter, uh, what's his name? Mathow, no. <laughs> <laughs> Walter Mathow. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was in a Christmas uh, movie also. Very topical. But probably. Phil... Uh, as I said, we're here to talk about episode 36 of Sabrina's Witch Trials, season 2, episode 12, I believe. Uh, yes, that's correct. Sabrina Claus. And um, as you know, uh, to kick off every episode of The Witch Trials, I ask my guests to describe the episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch that we watched in a set number of words. And seeing as we're talking about a Christmas episode, let's go with 12. Phil, 12 words. Oh, God. Always the wrong number. Did you go like 3 to 11? Well, I to be honest with you, I really totally forgot until about 10 minutes ago, and then I started writing, and <laughs> I only went up to 7, so I was like, nah, fuck it. Well, you know, I'll just wait till they throw me a number, and then, you know, with the magic of editing, That's right. it'll sound like I just brought it up. You can just put in five words before that, like, there in this episode of Sabrina. <laughs> Al, I have uh, 12 words. Phil, uh, give me a dozen words to describe this episode. Sabrina learns that Christmas is not about being selfish, but to give. That is true. That is uh, definitely what happens in this episode. If you could have worked in the word Ratzenberger, I would have been impressed. But, you know, you take what you can get. Uh, Papa Ratzenberger. Uh, he's, he's not bad in this episode. He's definitely not the weirdest guest star on this episode. <laughs> What do you mean, Al? You're, you're a regular Johnny Mathis, Phil. That's what I was trying to think of before. I mean, you know, you just start listening. Uh, I, You know what? Where is my Johnny Mathis CD? <laughs> Where is my CD of me singing? <laughs> I mean, I have my CD of me singing. It's true. Phil, Phil sings the classics. That that did really bust the charts. Yes. All all of the great songs of Chumba Wumba. <laughs> It's just tub thumping twelve times. <laughs> I get no doubt, but I get up and in. All right, it's enough of that. He he didn't actually look at the lyrics when he sang the song. <laughs> I literally just made them up. Phil, as I said, uh, episode thirty-six, Sabrina Claus, first aired December nineteenth, nineteen ninety-seven, written by Charlie Tursek, I believe it's pronounced. Um, this is uh, one of the few episodes he's written so far, but I think he'll go on to write more. And uh, just as a bit, bit of fun, Phil, the number one movie in America on December 19th, 1997. Any guess? Hmm. 97. Late 97. December. I have no freaking clue, Al. See, this is actually interesting because a lot of people remember this coming out in like early 98. When it was when it became like consistently popular. Oh, uh, don't say it! Don't say it, Phil. Was it Titanic? It was Titanic. Yes. Uh, what a movie! Do, 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 do. What a song! My heart will truly go on for that Celine Dion song. Um, I never. I, I, I here's the thing. I was in the room while people watched it because I was a little kid. I did not pay any attention to it. I know what happens. Okay, 
someone ends up on a door and then he doesn't he or she doesn't move to let he or she on the door. That's what happens. Okay, I get it. I mean, side note. Also, I think okay. a boat goes down. Side note. There were people who watched that movie like 30, 40 times. It's like three and a half hours. First of all, we all know what happened, okay? Yes. It's like the worst movie. It's like having a movie about, you know, like, I don't know, World War II. Well, you know who's going to win. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got that, uh, you got that Sully Sullenberger movie that came out not too long ago. We all know yeah, that it's ends. like, oh, I mean, yeah, it's not, the plane isn't going to like crash in the ground and, you know, it's not like an alternate ending. They're, they're going to survive. You know, Jack is screwed. Sorry, Jack. It would be a great twist if James Cameron was just like, nah, we're going to land in New York. We're taking her home. <laughs> Nothing memorable about this cruise. <laughs> and, and it pulled right into the pier. A safe trip had by all. Uh, yeah, ninety seven Titanic. Uh, this is where it would, like, this is where I think it started. Where it would just make like twenty million dollars week after week after week at the theaters, and then became the biggest movie of all time for many many years. Anywho, we open Phil uh, in the Spellman living room with the family getting ready for Christmas. The auntie's decorating while Sabrina makes out the list of things she wants, including a bike, a ski jacket, and a computer. Zelda notes how expensive that all sounds, but Sabs says that she's prepared gifts in every price range, extending a comically long wish list before heading out. Zelda worries that Sabrina is getting a bit spoiled, but Hilda says that she went through a phase like that before illustrating that it hasn't quite ended yet. Don't worry, I went through that gimme phase. It'll pass. You're right. Hey, give me that wise man. The aunties finished decorating, and Zelda adds that the only thing left is the tree before Hilda zaps one in. They marvel at how nice it is before deciding that since Christmas is a mortal holiday, they should do up the tree the mortal way and zap away this spectacular spruce to head out and get a real tree. Uh, this is halted as Zelda wonders where exactly they sell trees, leading Hilda to guess the forest as we go to the open. Phil. Yes, sir. This uh, cold open in more ways than one, because, you know, Christmas. Uh, Frigid. What did you think here? Um, I thought it was pretty good. Um, it it kind of alluded to what we were going to get into in the story, which, you know, with some of these is not necessarily always what happens. So um, I'm, I was actually pleasantly surprised because it actually did kind of open up the story into what we were about to see. Um, I did find it funny that um, Hilda was talking about this is her favorite time of year, you know, Christmas carols, sleigh rides, and then gigantic electro- electric bills. Something you would definitely know a thing or two about because you just decorated the house for, with uh, lights everywhere. Oh, you know. You know, they're, if you they're LEDs. There's energy saving. You know, if look, here's the thing: if you can't, if you can't enjoy it, you know, if you don't have the money to enjoy it, then don't do it. That's all it is. That's how I feel about Flag Day. <laughs> if you can't hoist um, it high, don't fucking bother. There you go. Exactly. Fly it high or don't fly it at all. Phil's talking about Christmas. Um, fly that Christmas is- flag high. I actually have two now. <laughs> Sabrina. Uh, okay, her wish list. 
is pretty comically 90s, don't you think? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think I mean, I was okay, so Sabrina was a, you know, in high school in 97. And we always talk about this that it was around the same time period. I I was in high school in 97 as yep. well. Um a computer was something I wanted. A mountain bike, not necessarily a ski jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, because maybe that's a little bit more, I don't know, like higher brow than I was back in the day. Right. Uh, but I did want a mountain bike. Yep. And I did uh, want a computer. So two out of the three. If you exchange uh, Ranger's jersey for ski bike, or ski bike, ski jacket. Oh, man, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Um, Let me think. 97. Probably like a disc man. I mean, I always, I mean, I had one eventually. Yeah. But I wanted, I wanted a disc man. I'd probably want a newer disc man. Did you have a big yellow one? Um, I probably did. I had a few. I feel like I remember you having like a bright yellow one at one point. Oh yeah, because you know the you know the biggest problem of of a disc man that nobody in the younger generation has to deal with nowadays is what Al skipping. Skipping was the biggest problem. Yeah. And, you know, everybody said they had their 10-second skip or their 20-second skip. It was all bullshit. It doesn't matter. It was going to skip one way or another. Ugh. Like, it, it, that's the thing is, like, you, you don't think about that until you actually have a disc man and you have to walk around with it. It's like, no, you're basically, like, just bouncing everywhere with a CD player. Of course it's going to oh, yeah. skip. And then, you know, back in the day, you're buying these CDs. They're, like, 20 bucks, which... Yeah. You know, back in the day, you know, you're working. It's twenty bucks. It's twenty bucks. It's a pretty good chunk of change. Mm-hmm. And you know, God forbid that your disc man falls down and your disc pops out and cracks or scratches or whatever, you're screwed. And see, now you can just go to YouTube and you can listen to "Thank You Next" by Ariana Grande as much as you want. Oh yeah, or you know, you just download it for a dollar twenty-five and boom, you got it forever on your on everything. Your Spotify subscriptions got you covered. Ugh. Fuck, I can throw my phone. These kids nowadays, they don't know how easy they have it out. Yep. Play that role, (laughs) Phil. Play that role. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, I just can't imagine Sabrina using a mountain bike of all things either. It's just like, this one? Why would she use a mountain bike? She's got a freaking vacuum that she could fly on. Also, the other thing is, we can add, we can say this here, but this really applies to this whole episode. You're a fucking witch, Sabrina. You can have this days ago if you wanted it. I mean, yeah. First of all, don't you don't relate to us, okay, Sabrina? <laughs> Sitting there you in your ivory make, tower. You can literally make anything happen. Anything. Mm. And all these, you know, and all this time, here we are, you know, messing around with your moral, trying to bring up your moral stories and trying to figure yourself out. You know what? You're a god amongst us. You're a god amongst us. Um, uh, so I was yeah. going to say, uh, what do you think about Zelda saying that it's a mortal holiday and See, they should do it the mortal way? Here's the interesting thing. They do this a couple of times. Like I think um, in season four, they do this for Thanksgiving. But I, had, coming from having just watched The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which like in that they, the family is strictly like devil worshippers and they their cult or well their church uh is like strictly against christian beliefs and to the point where they're like that false god over there fuck him like 
coming back to this and then being like, oh yeah, Christmas is great. Let's all do Christmas. It's like, that is a bit of a shift change because like Zelda on Chilling Adventures would have like spat in that like little Santa's face and then like called Sabrina a hussy or something. But it's Cliff. That's true, but... It's Cliff from Cheers. You can't do that. To I'm sure somebody spit in his face before. <laughs> he is a mailman. Um, the other thing was, Phil, in terms of fashion in this scene, uh, I thought Oy. Zelda looked really good, I thought, in that like red lacy top with a red matching skirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sabrina's hoodie was really weird, though, for some reason. Like, it was a black hoodie with, like, a big... It was really wide-sitting, and it had, like, a big fur collar around the hood. I just... I thought it looked like something Libby would wear, and not her. Maybe she raided Libby's closet. Maybe? I think what they're subtly doing is, like, putting her in a more Libby outfit to show that she's gonna be, like, the bad person for the first half of this episode. Mm. You know? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that's what I'm here for. Uh, anything else that stuck out for you here, Phil? Um, no, I think I think we're good to move on. I mean, it was funny that they said that you know where do they sell trees, and they thought maybe at the forest. I'm sure. So, I'm sure some places there are like. But it's like some guy with like a you know instead of like a lemonade stand, he's got like a tree stand just standing there. Like, oh, <laughs> it's a tree stand in that he's just standing next to the forest with an axe. Like, <laughs> yeah. Which, Which one, one? <laughs> you like? You like this one? Okay. Yeah. I mean, there are those places where you can go and, like, cut down your own tree. Yeah. It's like, like, we have a few here in Ohio. It just seems like too much work. Like, I know, exactly. This is I why bring mine up from the basement every year. Exactly. You put it in the box uh, in early January, you break it out and wait November, and you're done. <laughs> three clicks, you plug it in, and it's good to go. Speaking of three clicks, click, 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 up on the rooftop. In Westbridge, Sabrina tells Harvey that she can't decide which of her gifts she should work for the most, or if she should go for all of the above. And he rightly calls her out on her bullshit. She asks if uh, he can go to the mall with her to do some uh, Christmas preparations, but he says that he can't as he got a job playing Santa, which she somewhat rudely shits on. Got a job at Hillman's as a Santa Claus. Is that just for the holiday season? He says it's okay, the the job is, but that he just feels bad for all the kids who aren't going to get the gifts that they asked Santa for. Leading Sabrina to feign feeling sad before um, wondering if she should ask for a helmet to go along with the bike. Later in history class, Sabrina hears about an American defeat in the Revolutionary War, and while thinking about her gifts, ends up imagining George Washington doing some sick tricks on a mountain bike causing her to smile and causing her teacher to wonder why she's so happy about such a bloody war Sabrina just blames this on the desensitizing pop culture has brought upon her back at the Spellman house the aunties fight to get a tree stand on the bottom of their new fresh tree and Salem gives them a bit of sass oh I see first you kill the tree and then you humiliate it Zelda says that once they're done, they should roast some chestnuts the old-fashioned way, but Hilda just, ask, Hilda just asks where all this madness is going to end. Maybe with them driving to the store? The fuck? At lunch, Harvey shows off his gloppy meal to Sabrina, and she asks him to save her a seat, grabbing a tray for herself, and deciding to zap in something that sounds edible. You know, that edible baked potato. 
As she does this, we see a potato disappear from the plate of a Russian man who says that he waited in line for four days for that potato. Harvey wonders how she got it when she sits down, but she just says that she got the kosher meal, and uh, he eventually turns down a bite of her potato as he says it smells like vodka. Playing to the lowest common denominator there, Sabrina, give me a break. Want a bite? Mm, No, thanks. It smells like vodka. (laughs) Why couldn't it smell like borscht or something? Back at the house, the aunties are now trimming the base of their tree with a comically large saw. Eventually, their rhythm uh, helps them to trim it, and Salem tells them that if they cut any more off, they'll be able to use it as an air freshener. Back at Westbridge in the halls, Libby walks up to Harvey, who asks about her Christmas plans. She says that she hates the holiday, explaining that her stepbrother Russell will be there, and that he's a brat. Shocking Harvey, who can't imagine that there would be a brat in the Chesler house. She explains how awful he is, uh, that's Russell, before seeing Sabrina listening in on their conversation and asking what her problem is and if she's hoping Santa will bring her a personality for Christmas. As Libby walks off, uh, Sabrina just tells her that she's also hoping Santa brings her a crossbow. Uh, We go back to the house one last time as the aunties are now pushing the tree into place with Salem's encouragement. Uh, encouraging them through like a a classic cheerleader microphone and uh, once it's up he comments that the ugly appearance of this mortal tree must be why mortals drink during the holidays it's only one of the reasons salem thanks a lot phil yes sir okay let's start off with uh, sabrina's bitchiness in the halls here she gives harvey so she, i mean she's really mean to harvey about uh she's not really mean but she makes a snide comment to Harvey about him getting a job as a Santa. Well, yeah. And then like, she's like, Oh, let's go to the mall. So we could do some recon on what I, we can get for Christmas. Yeah. Like, don't you know what you want for Christmas? Like you don't have to go do recon for it. Like just pick whatever you want. Every list can be improved. Phil, you got to take a look around. You got to look at what the new mountain bikes are like. But Yeah, you're right. You know, you have to go to mountain bikes or us, but you know, Honestly, you're right. Like she's shitting on the poor guy. He's just trying to get a hol- you know, get a holiday job to get some extra money. Mm-hmm. He's playing Santa, which side note, probably <laughs> yes. the worst choice for a Santa ever. <laughs> I wrote this down later on, but you're absolutely right. It's like who the fuck would hire Harvey as a Santa? Like he's 16, <laughs> not a lick of facial hair on his face. <laughs> He's also an idiot. Like he's proven many times to be really bad. And he weighs like 130 pounds. Like, come on. He's not fat at all, and he's bad with kids. Yeah, he's just an awkward person around people. Anyway, he's like the worst people person in the world. He's a regular owl. He is. I mean, yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, but who else can we get? Uh, Let's see. We have uh, we have Harvey and Al. We'll tire them both. I don't know that other that other one says fuck a lot and makes a lot of sarcastic quips, and uh, I I don't think the kids will appreciate references to Caroline in the city. So let's go with Harvey. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, absolutely. I, I who would hire? And then what about this mystical store Hillman's? We've never Hillman's. heard of. <laughs> it's Hilda's store, Phil. It's the one. It's where she goes for, off to. For a sec, for a second there, I had to go back a couple of times and listen to it because I swore they said Hellman's. 
I'm uh, like, the mayonnaise is the right. name of a store. They use the name of the store for mayonnaise. Yeah, the, the Hellman's uh, Mayo Emporium is where Santa sits in uh, Westbridge. Oh, 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 how do you think I get so fat? Here's here's some sandwich spread for you, little girl, and uh, <laughs> and a nice turkey club for the boy. Um, and then what about Harvey asking Libby uh, her take on Kwanzaa? That's <laughs> great. What's your take on Kwanzaa? Why do you have to even throw that in there? This is a Christmas episode. It, it's well, I mean, it's because it's it's a holiday episode, but it's like it's kind of hard to do jokes in a Christmas episode. It's 1997. Like yeah. nobody was celebrating Kwanzaa in 1997. I mean, some people were. Libby was not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The two whitest people. No, I honestly, don't think so. fucking Libby Chesler, the, the most Protestant-looking person I've ever seen in my life. I mean, come on, she looks like a freaking Quaker. Like, come on. Like, really? Uh, oh, yes. I had my Kwanzaa, I had my Kwanzaa uh, candle lit, ready to go. That's oh, okay. Right. Uh, also, can we talk about Sabrina's choice in lunch for a second? Well, her, her uh, I mean, she stole the poor, you know, Eastern European man's uh, potato. Okay, here's the thing. Phil, think of something edible that you want for lunch. It's not a baked potato. <laughs> I mean, not as like as a like, not as a main dish. Yeah, like like steak and baked potato. Okay, baked potato and nothing. No, <laughs> a burger, a chicken sandwich, some bagel bites. These are all things you would zap in before but, a baked potato. But the only thing that makes that whole thing worse, Al, mm-hmm. is she's supposed to be like sixteen years old. What sixteen-year-old goes? You know what I feel like for lunch today? Uh, a baked potato. Also, it is the blandest yeah. baked potato. There's like there's no there's no sour cream on no. it. You got no chive. Well, no, no, she just took it from this Eastern European man. He's standing online for four days for it. The funny thing is, like in terms of what would be in a high school cafeteria, you could probably find a baked potato in them pretty easily. Exactly. It's like oh, I zapped in this like peanut butter and jelly. Like oh, okay. Could just walk through those doors. There would have been one yeah, there. Yeah, you could see. Yeah, you know, Joe over here has got a peanut butter jelly too. He must be a witch. I, I mean, it's like you know, it's not like you like zapped in like you know a complete turkey dinner with like all the fixins, and I'd be like, what the hell is this? A meatball sub. <laughs> I'm gonna zap in this ham and cheese. I'll show you. She just walks up with like a giant hoagie. Oh, they, they, they started putting these out. You know what, Al? I didn't realize how stupid that was. It's until really dumb. Now. It is the dumbest thing I've heard. That might be the that that might be going into the back of the linen closet. One baked potato. Also, the other thing that doesn't make sense is like Harvey is supposed to be super jealous of what Sabrina has, but it's like it's just a potato. Dude, I don't know. I think I'd rather have the glop at that point. I'm like, okay, you got yeah. like a you got a baked potato with nothing on it. He has more variety. He's got like seven different kinds of glop. And it might taste, I mean, it might have some taste to it opposed to this bland-ass baked potato. Of course it's, Harvey says it tastes like vodka. Of course it does. Vodka's made from potatoes. That's like the <laughs> yeah. main ingredient. <laughs> um, oh, God. Let's talk about the aunties and their tree bits, Phil. Uh, I thought they were kind of fun. I think it's, um, I, I just got kind of irritated because this whole time I'm just like, okay, I get it. You want to do this the mortal way? You're struggling way too much. Just use the fucking magic to put the tree up or something. Like you can still decorate it yourself. I, I mean, the whole funny, the funniest thing of that whole like back and forth with them mm-hmm. trying to do it for me 
was later on, like you said, Salem had a bullhorn. Yeah. And he's telling his sisters to push, push, push. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, I knew my Lamaze classes would pay off eventually. Yes. Push, 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 push. I knew those Lamaze classes would pay off. Salem's very quippy in this episode. He, he's, uh, yeah. he's got a lot of smart little barbs. So, you know, for me, that was that was probably the best part of it. But I agree with you. Like, you know, you don't don't fool me like that. You know, mortals have it so hard. And, you know, OK, we understand it. But like, just just like you said, just do it. Right. I, I look, I might want to make uh, butter myself one day. Right. That's something some people want to do. Some people who cook like to make butter. But like, I'm not going to get the churn out. I would probably use a, like a stand mixer or something and do it. I wouldn't be like, all right, well, I'm going to move to um, Pennsylvania. I'm going to buy the best churn I can. No, I'm not insane. Also, like all the like 90 percent of the stuff they were doing, 90 percent of the stuff they were doing, the person who sells you the tree will do for you. Yeah, it's like oh, they're trimming the tree, and like it's like oh, they, how do we put it on the stand? Like, really? Like, it's not that difficult. Like, there's a big hole. There's a peg. Peg goes in a hole. Stand. It stands up. It's done. Phil, Phil used to be a health education teacher, folks. <laughs> hey yo. Uh, yeah, I, I do agree with you that the one good thing about these segments is Selim's little commentaries, and I think by and large he's the best part of this episode. Um. That unfortunately, that's the huge is he's the best part of the episode, like so many episodes before and after. Um, what'd you think? Of, what'd you think about Russell? Russell, uh, or the, the well, not necessarily. Well, we'll talk about the, Russell the idea later of Sabrina on, have, of, of Libby having Libby's one? well, uh, the introduction of him, her having a bratty stepbrother. You know, this might surprise you, Phil. I'm I, I can't think of a time that it comes up again in the future. I may be wrong. I don't uh, think it ever comes. I don't ever. I don't even remember her having a sibling until just now. I mean, I know that in the episode five pieces of Libby, I think it's called, uh, where Sabrina turns her into a puzzle. They go to her house, but he's never mentioned there. I don't think so. Uh, enjoy him while he's here, Phil, because uh, he does have a real punchable face. I mean, he looks like, you know, they cast uh, the brat very well. I will say that much for them. Yeah, I mean, he's a bratty kid. Uh, anyway, at dinner that night, a fabulously dressed Sabrina decides to conjure some more asparagus because, you know, teens, they love their green vegetables. Uh, and uh, when she does this, she gets a piece with a bite taken out of it, leading Hilda to point out that she just zapped her piece onto her plate. Sabrina worries that there's something wrong with her magic, so Hilda tells her to zap in something like a blouse, which she does. Just then, um, Zelda returns from a lecture on garden snail fucking, noting that it was an awfully dry, uh, those poor garden snails. For a six-part dissertation on the reproductive cycle of garden snails, it was awfully dry. She takes off her coat, Zelda does, noting that it's quite cold outside. I've said noting twice now in the last sentence, but whatever. Only to reveal that she's now shirtless. She rightly freaks out that someone took her favorite green blouse, and uh, Sabrina returns it as that was the blouse that she had zapped in moments earlier. Sabrina 
and Hilda explain what's been happening with Sabrina's magic, and Zelda begins to believe that the problem might be psychological. So the aunties soon send Sabrina to Dr. Bull, an other realm witch psychiatrist. But as they push her into the linen closet, Sabrina just wonders why she had to sign that lobotomy release form. At the doctor's office, Dr. Bull notes that Sabrina's narcissism and conjuring other people's property leads her to believe that Sabrina has a case of egotitis. Uh, Sabrina just takes the opportunity to point out that it's the doctor who has a wall full of diplomas. Dr. Bull says that Sabrina's acting like a little girl, which she definitely is, to be fair, and uh, the doctor eventually pulls out Sabrina's inner child to have a chat with her. The doctor asks what little Sabrina's the doctor asks what little Sabrina's favorite part of Christmas is, and uh, shockingly, it's all the presents. Little Sabrina also adds that she loves being around other people at Christmas, provided that they give her presents. The doctor then sends her away, uh, as Little Sabrina wonders where the hell her presents are. Sabs asks if she needs a shot or if she can just get away with an inhaler, but the doctor explains that the cure for egotitis is... Uh, to rediscover the true meaning of Christmas, and it has to come from within. Uh, she says this as she sticks Sabrina with a $120 medical bill. So, uh, other realm, no universal health care there. Phil. Yes, sir. First thing here, this, uh, this scene where Sabrina and Hilda are in the kitchen may be the absolute best Melissa Joan Hart has ever looked on this series so far. Like, she looks fucking great. Her hair is is beautiful. It's it's shiny. It's well combed. I don't know what I'm saying here. I'm not good at describing hair. It's it's wavy. It's nice. It's it's luxurious. It, it, fantastic looking hair. The the red outfit she's wearing, which is like a like her top is like almost a red halter top with like a like somewhat see through red sleeves and a red choker. She looks fantastic. She's winning at Christmas here. I don't disagree with you. I think she looks really good. Um, it is weird that she's wearing this just to eat dinner with Hilda, but whatever. Uh, but unfortunately, I think later on we'll see that like there's a little bit of a demise in her in in this outfit. Um, mm. At least um, in my point of view. But I think you're right. I think she she looks uh, for for a teenage boy of my age back then. She was probably looking a ten at that moment. I will also point out that uh, Melissa Joan Hart was, I believe, 21 when this episode aired. Just uh, putting that out there. Uh, and yet, Phil, <laughs> yet, somehow she managed to be the second hottest thing in this scene. As Uh-oh. all those nickels I've been throwing into fountains finally worked. And uh, we get topless Zelda. What the hell, Phil? <laughs> well, the word topless is, you know. We got TGIF topless Zelda. Yes, that's that's what we got. Yes, I you know when I was watching, I thought to myself, I said, "Al, all of Al's wishes have now come true." It I don't is. Have to get him, I, I will. His Christmas wish has come true. I'm just gonna print this out and frame it for him. Um, look, Beth Broderick looks really good here. I mean, like. It is TGIF, so she's wearing like the longest long line bra ever. But it is white and lacy, and it, it is a bra, so few complaints here. The, I thought the funniest thing was like with 2018 eyes, she just looks like any girl walking around in the summer. Like she's got a short skirt and a bra or bralette on. Like it's what they wear. Thankfully. 
I mean, most people would have, you know, back then it was like, oh, look at, you know, it would have been a scandalous thing. Did you now see what Zelda like, wore? Now it's just like, yeah, just another day. Still fun, though. Uh, let's go to Dr. Bull's office here, Phil. Um, I believe if it's something Carr who's playing Dr. Bull, and she's actually really good, so I want to get her name. I think it's, isn't it Jamie Carr? Uh, Jane Carr. Jane Carr. Yeah, she's. I knew something Jay. She's been in absolutely everything for one episode, so you know, you know her. You know, you recognize that voice definitely. Yep. Conjures things from others, narcissism. Based on these symptoms, one would conclude that you're suffering from egotitis. Me? I'm not the one with the wall full of diplomas. <laughs> Tax when provoked. <laughs> it's a textbook case. You're behaving like a little girl. I'm not. Um, and she's really good as a doctor. Uh, I thought the worst acting in the scene was Emily Malinowski, who plays Little Sabrina. Mm. Um, a lot of her lines feel like they are just like the twelfth time they asked they asked her to say them, and like she's just trying so hard, but like it's obviously been like cut together because like it doesn't flow naturally at all. Tell me, inner child, what do you like most about Christmas? All the presents! (laughs) Do you enjoy being with other people at Christmas? If they bring me presents. Thank you. Yeah, it was pretty, like you said, it was pretty much just thrown at her, like, you know, just say this line. We're going to use use a sixth take of this line and, like, the ninth take of this one. Just, let's just go with it. Yeah. Uh, Also, you'll note that uh, she's such a good actress that her IMDb has exactly one credit, and it's this. Yeah, well... Maybe that's what happened. Mom said, you know what? Maybe acting isn't for you. Yeah, this is one of the few times I wish they actually had cast one of uh, Melissa Joan Hart's sisters. Cause, uh, no, no. It would have made more sense than this. Nope. What stuck out for you here, Phil? Um, To me, I don't know. Um, I like that she was diagnosed with uh, ego. T- what was it? Ego- Egotitis. Egotitis. I wrote something totally different on yep. here that I'm not going to repeat. <laughs> for some reason, I wrote ego tits. <laughs> I mean, look. I forgot know, an eye. That's pretty much what Zelda had when she took her jacket off. And, uh, hey, hey. Uh, healthy yes, ego, you know, indeed. Like you said, um, Dr. Bull says that, you know, give her egotitis and said, you know, said, diagnosed her with egotitis and said that she needed to find discover her holiday spirit, so. Sorry, I was reading through my notes and I, I wrote "Rediscover the True Media of Christmas." I I don't know, yeah, because you like type it so fast, and I'm like, I'm like, what the hell did I write? And of course, uh, in a few minutes, Sabrina will discover the true media of Christmas. That being a Johnny Mathis Christmas album. <laughs> uh, wait, this says Jay Mathis on oh my it. <gasps> Clouseau, indeed. <laughs> Back at home. Sabrina hangs a wreath on the door before noting that, noting to Zelda that she's still not feeling very Christmassy. Hilda suggests a little bit of music, telling her to zap in a Johnny Mathis Christmas CD, the sexiest beast in town. She does, but we soon see that it came from Mr. Mathis' house himself, as he tells uh, himself to get a grip when he can't find his precious CD. I swear my Christmas album was here a minute ago. <laughs> Come on, John, get a hold of yourself. Uh, the aunties then swoon over his voice as Hilda looks over the CD case, which just happens to be labeled 
property of Jay Mathis. Sabrina then realizes her egotitis has not gone away before suggesting that she opens a couple of gifts. Maybe that'll help. Uh, this causes the gifts to disappear. As Zelda explains that people with egotitis can't receive any presents. Go figure. And uh, Sabrina just hopes that the egotitis is gone before her birthday. Sabrina says that there must be something they can do. And Zelda says that there is someone that can help. But Hilda explains that they haven't called him because he's apparently a very big hoo-ha in the other realm. And I thought that sounded like he was a very big penis in the other realm. And we didn't call him before because he's a very big hoo-ha in the other realm. Zelda says he's Bob before she and Hilda summon him with the Bob song. In pops Bob, played by John Ratzenberger, who Zelda tells about their problem with Sabrina's egotitis. He says that they have another problem, that being their garbage Christmas tree. He considers taking Sabrina on a trip to Christmas past to recapture the magic of Christmas, but stops short as he says that's been done before, uh, with Hilda adding that the graveyard bit is uh, not so much fun. Instead, Bob takes her to go recapture some childhood Christmas memories and uh, maybe swing off and stop by the Chrysler dealership. Take a look at the new models. Big uh, caravan. Town and country. The Dart. The the Dart. uh, The Durango might have been out by then. Oh, Durango. Let's see. You know, go ahead. Keep continuing. I'm going to find the, the 1997 models of all these vehicles. Probably the 300 was still around. As, um... As Sabrina just wonders if they actually know who Bob is. We then get a montage, because it's season two of Sabrina, and every episode has a montage, uh, of them doing Christmassy things. Sabrina begrudgingly giving money to a Santa ringing a bell on a corner. Bob and Sabrina making and then burning trays of Christmas cookies. And most fun of all, Sabrina watching Libby wait in line with her stepbrother Russell to see Santa, only to have Russell fake Libby hitting him so that the people around him will yell at Libby. Uh, This causes Sabrina to smile because she's not very nice right now. Phil? Yes, sir. Okay, so let's... uh, I want to ask you a question I uh, ask every once in a while. uh, Chrysler Sebring? Yes, that's right. The The convertible. The Michael Scott special, baby. That's it, the convertible. I... uh, (laughs) I want to know, do you think Johnny Mathis is the most out-of-left-field guest star the show has ever had? Uh, yes. He's Absolutely. Right, he, he's right up and, there. And here's the thing. Like, I was kind of thinking about it, okay? L- like we, we were discussing, I am kind of an aficionado when it comes to Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of all of the Christmas songs that I hear. How many times have I heard uh, Johnny Mathis singing christmas songs now it's, i'm not saying that i've never heard it mm-hmm. but it's pretty rare like you're like saying his, I literally li- his are not the definitive version right his renditions of the songs yeah you hardly hear there's, there's always a more popular version of all those songs there's always i mean you got to think about it think about okay if i tell you al name me five artists that you know that sing christmas songs mm-hmm. michael that are famous Kublai for their christmas the songs well, who's that? Michael Bublé is the top. Okay. Because you're younger. Okay, so yes. Michael Bublé. Uh, well, Bing okay. Crosby, obviously. Okay, Nat there you King go. Cole. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Elvis has a Blue yeah. Christmas. Yeah, Um, Let's see, who else is there? 
I, I'm a big fan of the Ronettes Christmas album. Oh, okay. Okay. G- giving yourself a little a Motown. Yeah. I mean, you would, wrong with that. I mean, now you would say Mariah Carey, obviously, also. Okay. So, you know, in, in doing some research when I was watching, you know, when I was watching this, I thought to myself, Al, I said, you know what? What are the top, the top 10 or top whatever Christmas albums per artist? Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you think of an artist and the most sales of a Christmas album, mm-hmm. so who do you think, like, so I, I could tell you right now, Al. It's an old one. Out, out of all of those artists that you said, yeah. you have four out of five artists. Okay. Uh, is the other one a very old person also? Uh, so, okay. So number one is Bing Crosby, mm-hmm. White Christmas. Uh, the Christmas Song by Nat King Cole, mm-hmm. Elvis's Christmas Album, sure. Michael Bublé, mm-hmm. The Carpenters, oh. which is one I thought of. I, I guess you could also do the Jackson 5. That's a good one. Um, uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Mm. Uh, the Beach Boys was actually on here, which would not... Which, uh, run, Little St. Nick. Little, yeah, Little St. Nick is a good one. Yeah. Uh, then they have like the, the a very special Christmas, which is like a like contemporary artist. So like uh, Sting and Madonna and Bon mm-hmm. Jovi, they're singing Christmas songs. So okay, uh, Mannheim Steamroller, Amy Grant, mm-hmm. and then the Chipmunks Christmas album was the yeah, last one. But that's one that some people like. I've just, I always fucking hated the Chipmunks to be honest. Well, you know, to each their own. Exactly right, but. But Johnny Mathis <laughs> was not one that I would have been like. And I think if you are, I mean, if you were a teenager back then, mm-hmm. you wouldn't know who this person was. That's the important thing is it's like you are catering to an audience of like 12 to 16 year olds predominantly, maybe a little bit younger. But like similar to the Bob Vila thing from the last episode we talked about in this episode, um, I mean, fuck it, who, what teenager was going, oh my god, it's music icon Johnny Mathis. No, they're like, why is that old man with ridiculous hair looking for his CD? I feel bad for him. I mean, I think it comes down to the point where, you know, it's TGIF. So they're trying to have something for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think this this something was for grandpa and grandma. Yeah. Yes. You know? Um, you know, where, you know... Sabrina relates to the you know the kids could relate to it, you know the aunts, mom and dad could relate to. I think the Johnny Mathis situation was something that grandpa, grandma, and maybe even mom and dad, if they're a little bit older, could relate to. Should we book Johnny Mathis or In Sync? Well, Mathis lives next door. I mean, literally, it's like, hmm. We'll see. We have Mariah Carey available. You know what? No, let's go with Johnny Mathis. It's just silly, honestly. Um, Sabrina somehow thinks that getting presents will cure her egotitis. Does she not understand how this, like, miracle of Christmas storyline works? Has she never seen a movie? No. Literally, later on, the one thing that brings them back is her saying, I don't care if I get presents. Just do that now as a just-in-case that works, you know? And, And, okay, another question I have. Why would singing the beginning line of Barbara Ann summon Bob? (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's very good, Phil. Right? <laughs> I 
am I right or am how I much, wrong? How, how much thought did I put into? Did you put into that? I put. I literally thought about it when I was sitting there watching. I go, they're singing the beginnings. They're singing the melody of Barbara Ann, which oh, for those of you who are younger is a Beach Boys song. It's a very good one too. So uh, if, if Al, you could split the two, you could see what we're talking about here. But yeah, I'm like, why? Why is that? Why are they using it? Um, maybe it's his favorite song. Cliff, it probably would be like Cliff's favorite song. I was Cliff's probably favorite song. Just attracts him. Oh man. I think speaking of speaking of Cliff for John Ratzenberger, I think he's actually really fun casting for uh, Santa Claus. I think he does seem like he's not really giving it his full go. Cause like I've done cheers for like 11 years or whatever. Uh, I'll do a guest spot, but I'm not really going to care cause I already have a ton of money, but like he does seem to, uh, he, the thing is the thing about him is like, he's got such a well-defined character and delivery that like, even if he's not trying very hard, he's just so charismatic that it's, he's still fun to watch. Hey, what's up? Oh, hello, Bob. We have a problem. Our niece Sabrina has a case of egotitis. Uh, it's not your only problem. It isn't? Oh, you've got one sorry-looking Christmas tree. <laughs> it looks better with presents. Oh, trying to recapture the spirit of Christmas, huh? Mm, can you help? I'll give it a shot. I know. Say, why don't you and I take a little trip to Christmas past? <laughs> no, it's been done. See, unfortunately, he's like one of those people that it doesn't matter what he's in. You'll always go see him as Cliff from Cheers. So it doesn't matter. Like, you know, in some way, even like, you know, um, there's, there's, you'll always see that. Yeah. Like Kelsey Grammer is one like that. Or even, um, shit. David Schwimmer is one. I always have that problem with. Well, any of the friends people, you always think of like friends. That's what you think of. Yeah. You know, you don't see, you don't see Courtney Cox for anything, but, friends or you don't see you know jennifer aniston and go oh yeah you had those the string of shitty movies no you go oh it's rachel you know it's just it's what it is especially um, uh what's his face who played chandler um oh yeah um whatever exactly you can you don't even know his name it's you know chandler. chandler um uh, yeah the other the other thing i had for you uh so you know when you do the mont when they're doing the montage and you have you know, Sabrina's walking around in in that outfit from before. Mm-hmm. So she's looking like a streetwalker <laughs> with these big red shoes and the short skirt and this big red jacket. And she's walking around town with earmuffs. So, first of all, you have this short skirt that's, like, almost showing, like, your, your hoo-ha. And here you are walking around with these earmuffs. Like, aren't your legs going to get cold? Aren't you going to be freezing? Fashion over comfort, Phil, please. I guess so. But Al, I need... I See, I want to see if you caught this because mm-hmm. I caught it and I was watching this with my wife um, and she caught it mm-hmm. and we started laughing about it because it was hilarious. So there's a, there's a scene where Sabrina, like you said, is giving money to the poor at Salvation Army Kettle. Right. She, they throw in a dollar and it makes a clank. Does it? Yes. Play it back and watch it. It's hilarious. But they they throw in a dollar and it goes clank, and I'm like, it's a dollar. How does it go clank? It's a really heavy dollar. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious. 
That that witch currency is all much heavier. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like if it was change, it'd have been funny. But no, it was it was no. If it wasn't change, it wouldn't be funny. But yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. Like because you you, you want to add a sound there to show what it landed, but it's like what sound does a bill landing in a bucket make? I mean, you don't have to make any sound. It's a you know all you do is just you had the music going right. Yeah. All you had to do is just drop the dollar. Okay. I, I would have loved go. it if they like put in like a page flipping or something like that sound. It was literally a clank. And I'm like, what the heck was that? And I replayed it. I'm like, oh my god, they literally put a clank in there. My favorite part of that montage is the Libby bit, mostly because of all like the the terrible background actors just overreacting when Oh, I know. Uh when Russell's saying that Libby hit him. Like the guy who's standing in front of her in like the newsy cap. <laughs> Who's just loudly and continuously going? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What What are you doing? I was like, I'm like, what, I'm like, what the fucking business is yours? What I'm doing? I'm gonna smack you here in a minute. It's like he's two people in front of her. You're not together. No, don't get involved, asshole. But yeah, like he starts like crying about like, oh, you hit me, hit me, and then like you said, like everybody, like like all of a sudden, like this Antifa mob shows up and's like, Rawr! like. What the heck? She's just like, she was just standing there. Where were you two seconds ago? Honestly, just mind your business sometimes, folks. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, you gotta hear the clink. It's in there, I swear. Uh, Sabrina and Bob are then seen making a snowman outside a house as an old man walks by and wishes them a Merry Christmas. Sabrina tells Bob that she's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas, as he says it was just a matter of time before he abruptly slips on a patch of snow, hurting his ankle. Sabrina zaps in a cane for him, only to have the old man lose his, revealing that her egotitis is still in place. Back at the house, the aunties are finishing their decorating of the mortal tree, complimenting themselves on their stick to before they decide which one of them will zap away the abomination and bring back the better magic tree. Hilda does the honors and uh, returns this tree, which we're going to have to say one more thing about in a second, but uh, once it's back, Salem says that it's a tad gaudy, and it's more of an a tad gaudy, in all honesty. Uh, Sabrina then yells from the kitchen for help, and uh, the aunties go to assist, as we soon see Bob propped up on the couch and uh, the Spellmans head in to the kitchen for an ice pack. When they get there, the aunties basically go ballistic on Sabrina, revealing to her that she's really fucked up now as Bob is Santa Claus. Sabrina just says that she guesses she won't be the only one not getting a present this year. When we return... Bob says that he has a lot of stops to make and tries to stand before his ankle gives out on him. Sabrina asks if there's anyone who can fill in, but he says Mrs. Claus can't do it as she works for UPS and it's their busy season. Zelda explains that her and Hilda can't do it as they have to stay with Bob, and eventually everyone realizes that it's Sabrina's job to do. She tries to get out of it, but uh, eventually she puts on her big red coat and Bob tells her to head for the North Pole but to take the second Santa's workshop exit, not the first. As she leaves, Salem just notes that this is a girl who has trouble getting to school on time, so it's pretty impossible for her to deliver all those gifts, leading Zelda to think for a moment before saying that he makes an excellent point. The next thing we see, uh, Sabrina and Salem arrive at the workshop as Salem 
really uh, is regretting his statement. Okay, this is a girl who has trouble getting to school on time, and she's supposed to deliver millions of presents by tomorrow morning. Am I the only one who sees a problem? You know, Salem, that's an excellent point. One of the elves freaks out with all the intruders, that being two, and uh, Sabrina stops all the freaking out to explain that Santa has had an accident, but she's here to fill in. Stunningly, this teenage girl does not do much to comfort all the freaking out elves. Sabrina wonders why so many of Santa's elves are actually full-grown adults, but one of them explains that it's because Fritz, the shortest elf, always happens to get in the photos whenever a camera comes out. Sabrina then observes Fritz's handiwork as he explains that he's chiseling a CD player out of a block of wood, much like how Phil got his first Walkman, and the head elf, Ted, I believe his name is, uh, says that they're kind of under a time crunch and asks Sabrina to start wrapping gifts, as Salem just asks if Fritz can carve a digital camera for a friend of his named Salem. Alright, Phil, what happens there? Um, let's add, first and foremost, the old man to the list of comical over-actors, because... Whoa! Yeah, when when John Rasenberger gets that cane, uh, that old man thinks that he's having a thousand strokes at once. Oh no! Don't worry, I'll get you a cane. Oh, thanks. My cane. What happened to my cane? <laughs> Just my luck. I mean, I, I tend to agree with you. That was a little bit too much. And uh, also, in terms of overacting, John Ratzenberger blatantly fake slipping on that ice. Uh, <laughs> that kind of works for the story, because later on we find out he's faking the whole time. But right now, he just looks like an idiot who doesn't know how to take a real bump. Uh, what did you have here, Phil? Um, I had a couple of things here. Um, my question to you, is Santa a warlock? I mean, he, he definitely has magic powers. We know that. So he's got magic powers. Okay. Yes. Um, he is known in the other realm. Mm-hmm. He lives in the other realm. He lives in the other realm. Theoretically, or at least like, he's, as you say, he is uh, a recognized figure in the other realm. He's a famous figure in the other realm. That's right. Um, is your question so, going to be, why doesn't he actually use magic effectively? No, my question is, is he a warlock? So is, uh, is Santa really not really a, a human? He's really a, a witch. Uh, I would say that he is... I think in this universe, witches are still, like, human. But, like, yeah, I would say he's definitely like Edward Spellman. He is a warlock. He has magic powers. He uses them. We see them used uh, several times in this episode. Uh in many ways, Santa is as ineffective in using his magic as Sabrina is, because he still feels the need to go to every house instead of just, like, magically zapping in a gift to every house and being done. Or just have Mrs. Claus, you know, deliver it via UPS. Uh, those those things won't get there in one piece. <laughs> um, the, the other thing that I had here um, was, uh, you know... We, was Fritz, mm-hmm. which we, we who we later found out is Fritz, um, you know, yelling Mayday like a like a maniac, real pain in the butt, um, yeah. real pain in the ass. I do like the fact that they went to the trouble of explaining why all of their elf extras were full grown mm-hmm. adults. Yeah, I was going to get into that. I'm like, I literally was like, 
like all the elves are taller than Sabrina. They or really what the are. Heck is going on. She, I mean, she's wearing heels. She's wearing her, you know, her her hooker heels, and I'm like, what the heck is going on here? It is. It is like threatening when they all gather around her. Yeah. Then they explain it out. So, um, I did find it funny that Fritz, you know, made a CD player out of you know blowing away some sawdust and. Oh, look what we have here. That is one of my favorite, like, I think that's actually in the Santa Claus movie also, like that gimmick of like elves using old world manufacturing to make like modern gifts. I would like, I would love to see that now in like a Hallmark movie where like an elf is like carving a Nintendo switch or like an iPad out of a block of wood (laughs) and Apple Uh, like promptly sues him for like gimmick infringement. Trademark infringement. Yeah. You're going to, you're going down Fritz. <laughs> mayday, mayday, mayday. Oh, Apple's cadre of lawyers is coming after him. <laughs> Intruders. <laughs> One of my favorite things in this episode is the way that Zelda tells Sabrina that Bob is Santa Claus. Like when they walk in there, she she says it with like such irritation that Sabrina doesn't know this and it's like for one of a few times, I'm actually going to be on Sabrina's side here. You could have just said it was Santa. Like, you you went to yeah. the trouble of not calling him Santa Claus, which is what Sabrina would recognize him as more than Bob. Do you realize what you've done? What, Bob's gonna sue? <laughs> no, he's Santa Claus. What? And then here's the other thing. Like, you would think, like, the writers would have used, like, Chris or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Like Something alluding to Santa? Yeah, to allude that it was gonna be Santa. But no, it's like Bob. Yep. Yeah, why would you she why should she be irritated? It's like you finding, oh, Phil's actually Santa. Like, well, how the fuck did I know? We always thought it was, you know, Chris Kringle or, you know, all his other aliases that, you know, we use for, for Santa Claus. No wonder he loves red so much. Shh, quiet Al. And no Don't wonder he has everybody. those nine reindeer in his backyard. <laughs> so Al, so just a little let's to backstep a little bit. We were talking about the Johnny Mathis situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did find I did find one poll that had Merry Christmas by Johnny Mathis as the tenth out of ten album <laughs> Christmas album. Um I know Which that you can promptly buy on Amazon for four fifty three, right? I'm now. headed there to do it now. Um uh, guess what you're <laughs> getting for Christmas? Hopefully something better. Um They have it in vinyl for twenty two fifty. That's not worth it at all. No, it's not. Uh, one of the um, I I do know that one of his ver- one of his songs. I think it might have been the Christmas song or something else was in Home Alone two, the New York Christmassy one. So maybe mm. it was just like, and that was like nineteen ninety two, nineteen ninety three. So that's maybe it's just like residual fame from that, right? Uh, but anyway. Back at the house, the aunties bring Bob some soup before asking if there's anything else he wants. And after a bit of coaxing, he asks for a bunch of food and a game of mousetrap. Back at the workshop, the weed elf, uh, Ted, I believe his name is again, uh, tries to craft a Ferrari out of a piece of paper, but he's distracted by Salem's questions. Fritz then comes in yelling mayday as the reindeer have eaten Santa's list. And uh, Salem begins to worry that... All of the palms he had to grease to get on the good list were pointless. Mayday! 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 That guy's mayday. beginning to get on my nerves. I found the list! The reindeer ate it! The reindeer ate it! What are you gonna do? Me? Y- you're in charge! Do you know how many palms I had to grease to get on that nice list? 
Sabrina wonders if anyone made a copy, and uh, Ted says that there's a copy on Santa's computer, but no one knows how to use it. Sabrina weirdly starts, like, shaming them about learning how to use a computer, like she's at some, like, senior citizen's home or something. But um, Ted explains that Santa won't want them near the computer ever since Fritz got addicted to solitaire. Solitaire, I assume, is Ted's code word for pornography. Mm-hmm. Solitaire. Yeah, he plays a couple of games of solitaire, if you know what I mean. Back at the house, Zelda runs up to Hilda with a shopping list for Santa, which is basically just a bunch of sweets and some beer. Back in the workshop, Sabrina gets ready to fly off to Tokyo, receiving her itinerary before Fritz tells her that the reindeer are sick, of course saying mayday, mayday. Uh, Assumedly because they ate the list. Salem, oddly clad in a fur coat, asks Sabrina if Zelda will loan them the station wagon, but she says that there's no time and zaps her trusty flying vacuum in, uh, and uh, the vacuum is complete with Salem in reindeer horns and a big red nose at the head. Uh, Sabrina hops on as the elves wave her goodbye and wish her luck, but as soon as she's gone, they immediately all agree that she's definitely not going to make it. These days, he does have a tendency to overreact. The reindeer are sick. The reindeer are sick. This time he may have a point. It must have been the list they ate. What are we going to do? Think Zelda will let us borrow the station wagon? There's no time for that. These children need presents. Okay, we've all had our little laugh. Now take the nose off. Ready to rock? Is there still something on my head? Good luck! On speed. They're never going to make it. Back at the house, Hilda comes into the kitchen saying that you-know-who is ready for his pedicure and uh, that it's Zelda's turn. Zelda explains that she clipped his ear hair before Hilda says that she did and wonders just how quickly that stuff grows. We then get a shot of Sabrina flying through the air. She says that they just finished the Baltic States as Salem recounts that he had moussaka, baklava, and pad thai uh, wondering what the hell he was thinking. They uh, then spot downtown Westbridge, which oddly I don't believe is anywhere near the Baltic states, but whatever. <laughs> um, so uh, they spot Libby's house, and Salem says that uh, that's great, because now he can vomit in her stocking. Sabrina just says that she got her a little gift, and uh, that gift ends up being that her snotty stepbrother Russell gives Libby a crappily handmade jewelry box as a gift. Libby's touched by this and offers to share the roof of her gingerbread house with him. From the Dirt Devil, Salem says that he would have given Libby a lump of coal, but he's not the one wearing the big red hat. Okay, Phil. Yes, sir. So when Fritz finds the uh, the list that the reindeer have eaten, he holds it up in f- to show the other elves. It's like eight pages long. Mayday! Mayday! Like... You cannot fit the world's population on that list, no matter how small a font you use. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you at all. Back and front. I mean, he yes, you're right. He holds up a couple of shards of paper and is like, no, oh, the money nice list has been destroyed. He just like lifts up but, a na- lifts up a napkin and is like, well, yeah, it's like a napkin that you know that you know 
they just wrote a couple of things. Cliff wrote a couple of things on a, on a Cheers bar napkin. Um, the other thing is that there's a whole lot of instances in this scene and the episode overall, as I mentioned before, where magic should be used just to make their lives easier. And anyone who's lived with magic their whole life, like these people, would be using magic, but they decide to just abruptly not. Like, I'm thinking of when Hilda is literally going out to get food for Santa. It's like, all three of you have magic powers. Zap in some fucking food. Well, the thing I don't get is they literally just finished bitching about, like, oh, what do we do? Drive around in cars like slaves? And now they're going to go out and drive in a car like a slave. And uh, but that's the thing. is like, I get that you wanted to do Christmas the mortal way. This isn't Christmas. This is just avoiding going to a supermarket on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Just fucking Absolutely. use your magic powers. In the same vein, uh, so the reindeer are sick, and Sabrina opts to use the magical option of her flying vacuum, but decides to deliver the gifts one by one instead of just, like, using magic to deliver all the gifts at once. I don't think she delivered anything, to be honest with you. I think she completely failed. The only thing I saw that she delivered was... A shitty, a shitty jewelry box, and that was about it. And, and Harvey gets uh, a good phone call later. Yeah, she didn't even get. She didn't give him like anything. Uh, but, but I mean, they did spend an awful lot of time in the Baltic states. Uh. Oh my god! Yeah, and and what kind of geographic freaking retardation is going on here? I I, I was gonna look up the time zones and if that at all like correlate. Uh, correlates with time zones but i don't think it does no it does not no the baltic states i mean the baltic states you're talking like sweden and like norway and then you're talking about freaking you know westbridge which is is supposedly in massachusetts right outside of of boston yeah i hear come on you have you have the atlantic ocean in between you oh we're leaving the baltic states oh there's downtown westbridge (laughs) I don't know. You could have flown over a couple of other things, like yeah. I don't know, three thousand miles of ocean. Yeah, I, I hear they also uh, practice. Uh, they also celebrate Christmas in uh, Rome. You know, one of those states. Yeah, at least at least you know you could have said something like, "Oh, you know, we're we're go- we're you know we're just finishing in Boston. We're coming over Westbridge." Why did you have to use the Baltic states? <laughs> so Why did you even use that term? Uh. Somebody somebody dared them they couldn't use the phrase Baltic states in a script for Sabrina. You know that was like some writer I'm like, watch, I bet you I bet you can't use Baltic states. Watch this. <laughs> um that being said, Reindeer Salem is fucking adorable. <laughs> Reindeer Salem was pretty adorable. Uh, I do uh, want what to do you think about, <laughs> Go ahead. What do you think about what do you think about Ted giving her the triple A uh uh trip tick? for her trip around the world it i mean in like one sheet yep she's i mean she's not gonna be sticking to a lot of roads but uh it still helps (laughs) i mean come on usually like a trip like okay for those of you who don't know what a triptych is it's basically so back in the day before you know google maps you would go to triple a and they would like run a program for you kind of like google maps how to get here from here to there and they would tell you, you know, this is along the way, this is along the way. So she gives them, like, this a trip around the world, literally, and it's like, oh, here's these three pages. To be fair, it could be, like, one page, because it just says, like, go 
west. <laughs> Continue west until you're back here. Yeah. It's you'll it's around it the out. world. Um, I, uh, I do. You, the, again. What, I was gonna say, what do you think about the the CGIing of her vacuuming away? I mean, it's 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 about as good as it ever is, you know. I, I was literally watching it, thinking to myself, Al is probably cringing right now, to like, like, like he's melting on I, his seat watching this happening. I didn't think it looked terrible. I think part of the benefit of doing that is that, like, you're doing it at night, so it it doesn't look as blatantly fake as if you're doing it during like daylight. I'm talking about like when she was like taking off. Oh, from, oh like, yeah, that no, that was pretty bad. Yes, that was like cringeworthy. That was bad. It was like. The, they're just like looking up in the sky as she's like right there and i'm like oh gosh because the first time she she like takes the um the vacuum out for a flight uh like that was all practical like there was clearly like something lifting the vacuum up and going out of her window this right. is this as you said is all like poorly done cgi like the camera's moving up and there she goes and then i do like that they use like you know, it's this Christmas theme, so they use like red and green like sparkles out at the back of it. It's like, oh, okay. The one thing I did love about uh, Salem's uh, little outfit to get back to that was when they cut to him before Sabrina zaps in the um, the when she zaps in the vacuum. Before that, he's just wearing a fur coat, and it's never explained. <laughs> it's not like she zapped him into that. She, he's just knocking around the workshop wearing like a full length fur coat. And like you said, it just like it's like it's normal, like it's yeah. to be expected. And he just happened; it just happens to work perfectly with his outfit later on. It's like yes, you know, it's, it's a Salem, the boxing promoter. It's like if Sal, if it's like if someone fainted in the workshop and Salem just happened to be dressed as a sexy nurse. It's like, oh, this I is mean, just convenient. The irony is like it's like if you put on a skin jacket. Oh, it's a human skin jacket. I'll put this on. Now. You know, like I do around Christmas every year. Oh gosh! Here comes uh, Santa Claus. What did you think about the um? Oh man, the the old timey laptop. Uh, you know what? That one actually looked a little bit more modern than the one Zelda usually uses. Like, Santa's got some upgraded tech. Uh, I don't know, man. That thing looked rough. He's got 256 kilobytes going. I was looking at that thing. I'm like, well, what is this? You know, I was waiting for, you know, him to break out the Commodore 64. <laughs> oh, he's got a, he's got a computer right here. He's got this electric typewriter here. And, uh, <laughs> if you wind back the pages. Oh, wonderful. You made a carbon. Um, the one thing I I wanted to talk about was Salem says that Sabrina gave Libby the gift of love for her stepbrother. That's not what she gave him. As you said, she gave Libby uh, a a crappy little jewelry box (laughs) and Libby reacts lovingly to it. It's not as though she just like started kissing Russell magically. It's just that... Russell did one nice thing, and Libby was just like, "Oh, that's nice," you know. Just I mean, a, a small point. I know. I mean, it was like, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it was. It's not what she said it was, and like, it was just like, even the scene was kind of awkward. Like he like walks up, is like, "I, I got you something." I'm yep. like, oh. I'm like, I was like waiting for him to like do something like jacked up. Like I thought like she was gonna do like a something to mean to her. Yeah. And it it didn't come out that way, but 
But yeah, like she doesn't give any. The only thing that we see her give is a shitty jewelry box. Yep. So let's not praise Sabrina again because she did something half-assed. And the other thing is, like in that, like the lesson in this episode is obviously it doesn't matter what you get for Christmas. What matters is like the people you're around and the moments you have and 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 getting to share the holiday with family and such. Right. The issue is. While there are illustrations of that in the Libby and Russell story, that's never really tied in super well to the larger Sabrina learning that lesson story. Like, if Sabrina was to illustrate that her giving Libby the gift of Russell giving her a, a, a gift uh, was indicative of that idea that what matters is having your family love you at Christmas or, you know, being together with your family at Christmas or whatever. If Sabrina vocalizes that lesson, then you really hammer home the one, the lesson, but also that Sabrina has really learned a lesson in itself. As we're here, what it seems like is like Sabrina gets home in a minute and she's like, hey, had a great night. I don't even care if I get a gift. And then the gifts come back and I guess it's gone. Like, while she does learn that lesson, they really should have hammered her learning that lesson home more strongly i would say yeah i i don't disagree with you at all like they kind of like they kind of just i i don't know they just glaze over it pretty much yeah like oh like you you should know this opposed to reinforcing it with the character actually saying like oh you know what's really important is family this time of year or it's really important to be with my loved ones and and what to see what they get versus what I get. But you don't get that. You get her flying around, meeting some elves, and then she throws a shitty box at, at her, and then it's like, oh, wonderful. It is really poorly made. It was pretty terrible. Like the the end was pretty terrible. Um, and even like even like the very end, which we'll probably get to here in a minute. She doesn't learn anything. Yeah, I mean... She doesn't like, say anything. That's the thing. Is like the, Also, the Harvey bit we'll get to in a minute, that is indicative of like not caring about what you get, but getting uh, caring about the thought that goes into the gift. But again, that's not really super hammered home either. Yeah. Uh, we'll get there. Anyway, back at the house. The aunties uh, sing coming around the mountain on the ukulele for Bob as he claps along and asks for an encore that is after some more fine French cuisine. Hilda says that he should watch his calories, but uh, Bob just explains that that's all water weight. In the air, Salem complains about the vacuum's first aid kit not coming with a stomach pump before Sabrina spots Harvey's house. But in a great bit of delivery by Nick Bakai, uh, Salem says that he can't look down right now. Look, Harvey's house! I can't look down. <laughs> He uh, asks what Sabrina got Harvey for Christmas, and she says that she got him a little miracle. The next thing we see, Sabrina uh, arrives home after the aunties have gotten up uh, the next morning, and uh, she says she's totally changed, and she doesn't even care if she gets any presents, which of course immediately brings back the presents as her egotitis has now been cured. She grabs a present before deciding that someone else can use it more than her, and she zaps it. Eventually, it ends up in front of the Russian man whacking a potato. He opens the box and wonders what exactly the gap is. Bob congratulates her, and uh, in getting up, he reveals that he's now fully dressed in his Santa attire. He says that now that she's cured, he can go home, as before, 
he uh, was just faking his ankle both to give Sabrina the ability to learn a lesson and to get away from Fritz and his fucking mayday, mayday, maydays. But your ankle, doesn't it hurt? Nah, I was faking the whole thing. <laughs> you were? <laughs> to teach me a lesson, right? Well, there's that. Plus, I could use a break from, uh, mayday, 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 mayday. The aunts then start to get furious at Santa before he remembers their gifts, zapping in a CD of Mozart recorded live by Kris Kringle himself for Hilda, and an invitation to a meeting of the minds at Stephen Hawking's house for Zelda. Santa tugs on his beard, noting that no one stays mad at Santa Claus, and he shoots up the chimney as Sabrina smiles. Later on, Salem is recounting his new foreign foods rules to the aunties, as Harvey walks in wishing everyone a Merry Christmas. He gives Sabrina her gift, a computer mouse, which he reveals was supposed to be part of a whole computer, but those damn taxes ate up his check. He then tells her the good news. <laughs> oh, you'll never believe this. I got a call from the department store. Apparently all the kids who came to see me got exactly what they asked for. It's like a miracle. It's like a miracle. Sabrina says you're welcome to Harvey before realizing and just uh, zapping in some mistletoe to give us a kiss as a distraction as the scene closes. Okay, Phil. Yes, sir. The most improbable thing, let's start there. Um, even if you're going to tell me that Sabrina's magic caused all these kids to get exactly what they wanted, and none of these parents were freaked out by the fact that despite not buying these gifts, all of these gifts showed up, mm-hmm. the weirdest thing to me is that all of these parents would then call the store, and the store would then call Harvey. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Like, for that I mean, to happen is just too much effort on all of their parts. Yeah, I, I don't know. It Like you said, it's it's completely... I mean, we know that, you know, it's probably not plausible. But, it, I mean, it's not plausible. But it, it's absolutely not plausible because... I mean, how, well, how does she know of what they wanted? That's the thing is, it's like... Oh, yeah, my kid got this great gift. Also, do you know how this great gift got in my fucking house? Yeah, exactly. Like, I would be terrified and calling ADT. Then again, the idea of Santa Claus as a whole should scare us all. Um, speaking of shitty gifts, though, uh, Harvey's mouse. It is very sweet, isn't it? But how exactly th- did he fucking think that he was going to become a mall Santa or a store Santa for like a week and then afford a computer? This is 1997. Computers cost about as about as much as an aircraft carrier. I mean, it wasn't that expensive. I mean, you're talking a thousand dollars, probably. Um, yeah, it was probably close to that. He's not making a thousand dollars in a week. I think the first one that we got was like eight, eight hundred bucks, maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was like six hundred for the tower and two for the monitor. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it wasn't cheap. Harvey's not making that in a week. No, not as a mall Santa. Um, I mean, he's lucky. He's probably making, I don't know, twenty five bucks, then, probably eight bucks an hour. Yeah, mm, I, I, I mean, his quality. Week, like, I mean, he's not working forty hours a week either. He's working like maybe twenty, thirty hours a week. I mean, it would take him a, at least a month and a half, two months to if he saved it all. Can you imagine spending a thousand like on, on your high school girlfriend for a lap, for a computer? Nope. Like, uh, nope. Also, she has a fucking computer in the house. Fucking, she's used one before. 
Well, the other thing I find funny is like, yeah, like you said, like there's computers in the house. Why would she need her own? I don't know. You know, kids always want a computer. She's a teenager. The internet wasn't even that great then. No, it was terrible. You got to dial up and you had to hear this stupid. And then like someone would pick up the phone and you're like, oh shit, don't pick up the phone. You got to fuck up my connection. You had to wait like eight hours to download a photo. It was great. Oh god, it was terrible. Uh, also, more bad gifts. Uh, Santa definitely screwed Hilda on her present. I mean, I get that it's like Mozart recorded live, and that's cool for her because she likes classical music. But it's just a CD. Zelda literally gets to meet Stephen Fucking Hawking's. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you got a CD, and she's gonna meet Stephen Hawking. Ridiculous. I, I did find it funny. Like I forgot to kind of talk about it a few, uh, a couple of probably a few scenes back. Mm-hmm. Um, when when I think she's in the workshop with uh, the elves, she's like, "Well, can't we just order it via catalog?" Yeah. Oh, she says it. She says it when they force her to go fill in as Santa. She's like, "Oh, can I just order from a catalog instead?" Can we just order everyone something from a catalog? I just found it hilarious. I'm like, that's true. People had used to order this stuff by catalogs. Oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Sears was a thing. Oh man, no, I'm I'm talking about like you know, you'd have to like order the catalog, yep. get the catalog, and then call them, say I want this. And fuck, delivery was not nearly as quick as it is now. Hell no, it take forever. Um, the one other thing was, uh, I really liked the, uh, the gap joke. <laughs> ah, I thought it was, gap. I thought it was funny for a couple of reasons. Part of it being that, um, I mean, especially if you were to give someone from something from the gap now, I think they would just be amazed that the gap is still open. Cause who the fuck goes to the gap anymore? Uh, but, people go to the gap. I mean, if you're going to go to the gap, you might as well just go to old Navy. It's the same goddamn chef. Yeah. Uh, the it's other just th- the cheap gap. <laughs> the other thing that occurred to me is this is supposed to be a gift for Sabrina. What item from the Gap that was intended for Sabrina will this old Russian man be able to use? Like, is it a camisole? Is it like a sweater set? Is it a, a nice mini skirt? Like, what the fuck is he gonna wear now? <laughs> oh, high heels! I like high heels. Oh, f- uh, fuzzy collars! I uh, I can wear this <laughs> fur. Ridiculous. Boots with the fur. <laughs> Christ. Uh, let's wrap up here, though, Phil, because as the credits roll, Salem opens his gift, a Bob Newhart album, as Hilda gives Zelda a quilt that she says she made the mortal way before revealing if that's total bullshit. Uh, Zelda then gives Hilda her gift, zapping in sex icon Johnny Mathis, who starts singing Oh Holy Night as <laughs> Sabrina realizes that she didn't get anything for Johnny and the episode closes. Uh, what, a, what a stupid joke. <laughs> no, it's so, it's so sad because literally they zap him in there and they're both, both ants are like swooning over him. Like, oh, he's so hot. Oh my it God. No, like, they're like, he was 63, he was like 62 when this aired. Oh my God. Is he still alive? He's 83 now. Yes. Oh my God. But yeah, it was just funny because it's like. He's like, oh, he's so, oh, so dreamy. They're they're fucking absolutely coming themselves about this guy. Like before, <laughs> before, uh, uh, when when Serena first puts the album on, Zelda's like, oh, he's so dreamy, 
and Hilda's like, yeah, and his voice is good too. It's like, what part of him do you think is dreamy if not his voice? He's a fucking geriatric. <laughs> oh man, good it's god, so it's so bad. It's like, oh, he's so dreamy. Oh my god, okay. It's like when you when you guys were like drooling over Randy Travis. That was one thing I'll allow, but like this is I mean, just was- insane. Yeah, I mean, he was of, like, the time period. Like, yeah. Randy Travis was pretty popular back then. And he was in, like, his 30s, probably. Yeah, he was probably late 30s, early 40s, you know. Not like fucking but Grandpa was- here. <laughs> grandpa. Oh, Grandpa, you look so hot. No Papa Noel, indeed. Uh, <laughs> Phil, that is the episode. And, of course, as you know, each episode uh, we wrap up with our uh, ending ceremonies here. First... We rate every episode of Supreme Change Witch on our TGIF scale, our This Good I Feel scale. A 1 to 5 scale, each level has a corresponding TGIF show. A 1 out of 5 is a You Wish. A 2 out of 5 is a Teen Angel. A 3 out of 5, a Hanging with Mr. Cooper. A 4 out of 5 is a Family Matters. And a 5 out of 5, a perfect score where this will not get anywhere near, is a Boy Meets World. Phil, where does this episode fall for you on the TGIF scale? Um, I think for me, Al, it's going to be a you wish. That's fair. I had this at a like middling uh, Teen Angel. I think there's some fun bits. A lot of them are Salem. Uh, they get some fun with Zelda. But uh, and I think, honestly, John Ratzenberger is pretty okay as uh, as Bob and as Santa Claus. But this is a very much uh, paint-by-numbers christmas episode it hits all the basic chords of you know learning the true meaning of christmas uh learning that gifts aren't what's important but aside from that aside from those few good moments with salem and some fun bits it's a pretty bland episode uh but of course phil the main event here back of the winning closet award our episodic award for each installment's biggest fashion flop uh I know where I'm going with this, but Phil, where do you, uh, sorry, what outfit do you want to uh, enshrine in the back of the linen closet? Um, I think for me, it's going to be the Streetwalker edition of uh, Sabrina walking, you know, uh, so in the co- montage. So coat. With her, yeah, so the red coat with mm-hmm. the red heels and the mini skirt. Like, she literally looked like she was trying to pick up john's on the side of the road uh for me it was actually something we didn't really touch on in the episode but in the scene where sabrina and hilda are having dinner and zelda walks in hilda is wearing this like black and gold outfit that is something not good i will tell you um it's like a black blouse with like gold like ripples on it on the sleeves and on the body and then she's also wearing a black vest over that with like gold leaf plants on it. It's really not good at all. Um, I didn't think I didn't see it the first time, but like watching it a second time, it uh, it deserves some criticism, and it's going to get it here. So for me, that Hilda outfit goes back to the back of the linen closet where it belongs. But Phil, that is the episode. Uh, episode thirty six is in the books. Thank you so much for stopping by and talking some Christmas time fun with us. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Uh, always good to have you. And uh, folks, you can listen to all of the episodes of Sabrina's Witch Trials and all of the Challenge of the Quizmasters. Uh, Phil was actually on the last episode of the Challenge of the Quizmaster, which went up last week. Take a listen to that. Uh, you can listen to all that 
where you get your podcasts. Also on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play podcast section. Check us out there. Subscribe to us in all those places. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for Sabrina's Witch Trials and you'll find us. Uh, Sabrina Podcast on Twitter. The next episode is uh, episode 37, go figure. Uh, one of my personal favorites because it gives Martin Mull the chance to have a lot of fun. It's Little Big Craft. And um, a lot of fun stuff happens there. Martin Mull gets to dress up like Dennis the Menace. A whole bunch of fun visuals and uh, go figure. Sabrina does a spell and it doesn't turn out right. No. Yeah. <laughs> Once in the blue moon that actually happens, Phil. Uh, but until next time, I want to say thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, thank you to Phil for stopping by. And, uh, until the next episode, we will see you in the other realm. So the next time you're abroad, remember my simple rule. Kielbasa and sauerkraut, yes. Kielbasa and menudo and haggis, no.